Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of the Hit Bodies podcast. I'm so grateful you're here. Thank you. And if you're new here, welcome. I am so excited to have you. If you're wondering what this podcast is, well, Hit Bodies is a workout group where I go live with my clients every day and literally work out alongside them. Like you are training with a trainer five days a week. And so with that, we talk fitness, we talk like real life stuff. It's just a little bit of everything. And the truth is I get a little bit out of breath on the videos. So the podcast is a chance for me to just dive deeper into some topics that people want to discuss and some of the personal stuff that just maybe you find interesting, maybe you don't. And that is what this podcast is. Okay. So Today, I have a topic that I'm jumping right into right off the bat, and it is called set point theory. Somebody brought this up to me this week and was just kind of asking about it and kind of bringing it up as a suggestion for a podcast topic, and I love it because I think there's just so much around this. Okay, so set point theory, if you've never heard of it, it's the theory that your body like wants to weigh a certain amount. Like you just always kind of revert back to that size. So like let's say you go on a you go on like a weight loss journey, fitness journey, whatever, and you lose twenty pounds, and then boom, you gain it right back. Like your body is just like boop, like a like a rubber band. It's like it's more comfortable at this size. So, do I think it's true? Yes and no. And so that's what we're gonna kind of get into this week. So, if you don't, I've been in the industry for almost ten years, and I've observed a lot of people. For the long haul, right? Like seeing kind of what their bodies have done, what their habits have done, and all of those things. So let's kind of get into first the research side of it. Like when I research this, what do I find? There's no official science to support set point theory being true. With that being said, it would be kind of a difficult thing to set up a study for to support it, but that's that's probably more of the issue than it not being true at all, right? But what most people agree with that have attempted to research sides of it is that weight loss triggers a slower metabolism and a larger appetite, okay? Because our bodies are really smart and when we intentionally decrease our calories like diet, we are simulating like we're essentially, we're, we're simulating like a food shortage that our ancestors dealt with. Like we're thinking like way back when we had to like forage and hunt and you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Like food was not readily available like it is now. Okay. So if we went a long period of time without food, well, then our body is like, Hey, if we, if we're, we going to do that, then we need to start storing up. We need to store up a bunch of food. So if we go through that again, we have extra calories on our body to work with, AKA body fat, right? If we have like extra calories on our body, then we're not going to starve to death as quickly because our bodies, we want to stay alive. So our bodies are really smart. Okay. So that is kind of the logic behind why weight loss triggers a slower metabolism and a larger appetite. Now, the big thing too is like, with the slower metabolism, our body. So if this is the best way to explain it, if you go on a jog, you know, a one mile jog every day, it's obviously it's going to get easier and your body learns to utilize less energy to go on that jog. So to get the same challenge out of it, you have to start adding on time. Like 
jogging two miles, jogging three miles, right? To get the same calorie burn out of it and same like maybe weight loss benefits that you would from day one, which we can talk about another day, but that's why we strength train here at Hip Bodies <laughs> over running. But that's like, because when we just burn calories, our body is smart and doesn't want to just utilize a bunch of energy. So it's going to start getting more efficient and utilizing less energy to do it. Okay. Okay. The big thing too is when you lose weight really quickly, which most of us want to, (laughs) most of us are like, I want to do this as quickly as humanly possible. So when we do that, um, we often, we burn muscle because when we're seeing a big jump in the scale down, that often means that we're losing muscle. Okay. And sometimes we're even losing bone density, but I won't get into that. Okay. So let's say you are burning muscle. Uh, that's when you see the big drops in the scale very quickly as well, because we just don't lose body fat that quickly. Okay. And so when we lose muscle, what happens? Our metabolism slows down because our muscles, they utilize a lot of, a lot of energy on our body just existing. So when we don't have as much of it, we're not utilizing as much energy every day. And so all of that to be said, as you lose the weight, you can't eat as much to maintain the same body. And so, uh, yeah. Okay. So where, what am I getting at here? I think that with the whole set point theory thing, it's a product of habits. Okay. Our habits determine our life in every aspect. Okay. Like if you are a clean person, your house is a reflection of your habits, right? Like the, the things that you're doing every day and you're your body is your home as well, okay? And you're like, okay, Chelsea, this is really freaking corny. Get to the point. I, I'm getting to it, okay? I feel like this is just like hard for me to explain. But, okay, so the let's just say, let's just use like simple numbers here. Let's say like your habits had you at 250 pounds for like five years, okay? And then you spend a whole year losing like 50 to 100 pounds, somewhere in there, okay? Well, now you only have one year of habits competing with five years of habits, okay? So, you know, like you're happy with this weight loss, you feel really good, and you're trying to maintain it as best you can, but there's still that pull from the old habits. And the thing about like eating and exercising and all that kind of stuff is There's no, like with alcohol and with smoking and stuff like that, it's just like you either do it or you don't. Now, there are obviously there's a scale to which you do it, right? But you can just practice abstinence. Like if you have an issue with alcohol, you can just be done with it, right? Like, you know, and get the support you need and and be done with it. But with food, if you have trouble moderating food, unfortunately, you still have to eat to survive, And so it's this struggle, I almost explain it as like taking an alcoholic and like they're, they're trying to moderate three times a day, you know, someone who has habits that got them to a place that they're really unhappy with and like feel very uncomfortable and it's making them very sick, maybe type two diabetes, whatever you get what I'm saying. So I think set point theory more so relates to the habits that people have had for a very, very long period of time and they're struggling to fully let go of them. 
Because no matter what, even if you have really good habits for like a full year, gosh, maybe even two years, dude, we all still freaking love ice cream. Like our lives are designed to like shove addictive foods in our faces and all that kind of stuff. Exercise is hard and it's like our jobs keep us sedentary. Um, TV is like fun as like a hobby. I love it. And it's just like sitting there. It's like we have sedentary hobbies, sedentary jobs. Like, yeah. And then you look at convenience foods. It's just our lives are not designed to help make weight loss something that we can maintain really easily. Now, with that being said, I want to like bring this back and like, how could we actually change our set point? Let's say my set point was like 250 pounds and I'm trying to make it 150 pounds. Okay, let's talk about it. Body composition. So first off, I don't care what the scale says. I don't care what your scale says. I don't care what my scale says. We're going to start focusing on how our clothes fit, how we feel, how our joints feel, our energy levels. We're going to pay attention to everything else. Okay. Now, as a female, (laughs) as a female, many of you will say you want to lift, you want to strength train, but then when it comes time to push yourself and to lift heavy, deep down, you're still terrified of getting big. You think you're built different and you're going to get big. You like, you think I am already big. I, I don't want to get bigger, right? Like, you know, whatever. Let me explain something to you. We do not have the hormones inside our body to get huge on accident. You will get so many warning signs along the way that the muscles are getting massive before they get massive. Okay. The level of discipline and intensity that the workouts take to get like a natural bodybuilder huge. Cause like if you just Google like female bodybuilder, first 10 pages of Google, you are looking at women that take steroids. Okay. So let's just start there. And then if you were to look at natural female bodybuilders that have never used like any sort of banned substances, if you saw them in person, like not flexed or anything, you'd be like, damn, you look good. You, and it's not until they start like flexing and posing themselves that they actually start to look like really, really muscular. But when they're just like walking around living their life, I'm telling you, it is curvy and feminine and strong and it doesn't, you would like it. Okay. So I'm telling you all this because I don't want you to be scared of lifting because so many women think that they are the exception that they are going to get huge, that they are going to have like big bulky shoulders and blah, 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 and whatever, okay? You're not. You're not, okay? If you pair eating really well with getting really freaking strong, I'm telling you, you're going to love the results, okay? Like I've 100% of the time, (laughs) I've never met someone who does those two things and goes, ugh, I hate this look, okay? I'm telling you, you're going to love it, okay? Now, with that, what happens is as we're getting stronger, we're improving our metabolism as we lose weight. Okay. So you could, as you, if you know, as you kind of swing back to some of those old habits, you're not going to put on a bunch of weight. Instead, you're going to be feeding that new muscle that you've built. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I love junk food. Okay. The entire reason I work out is because I freaking love nachos and, and dessert. Okay. And for me, the way I structure my workouts 
is not to just burn as many calories as humanly possible during one workout because I logically know that in the long run that doesn't help me. I'm going to deadlift. I'm going to put calories to the muscles because that, that is when the workouts keep working after you do, which I actually like have a whole class on this coming up. It's, well, I'm doing a workshop this week, like a maximizing fat loss worksheet, the workshop within Hip Bodies. But I also have like kind of a booty building, waist shrinking workshop that's going to be coming up that's like open to the public. And yeah. So anyway, I, I will get deeper into those topics. But basically, as you focus on body composition more so than the scale, I think that's when you change your set point in terms of like what you see in the mirror, what size clothes you wear, those kinds of things, like just feeling confident in your own skin. Okay. So I hope that that kind of helps. If that was all over the place, I'm sorry, that's how my brain works. I really do try to make sense when I talk about this stuff, but sometimes I just feel like I get off on 15 different tangents. Now, speaking of tangents, I'm going to just go on one. Okay. I'm done. I'm done with the slander on dairy. You guys, drop it. You're never going to convince me, okay? I like cheese. I love sour cream. I have no issues with dairy. I think, like, I'm I'm going to go out to the... So there's this farm. I think I even talked about it on the... No, I didn't talk about it on the podcast. I think I thought about talking about it on the podcast. Um, There's this farm that sells raw milk, and I was totally going to buy it, but... It's just so far. It's like well over an hour to get there. It's a long way to drive for like $10 for a half a gallon of milk. (laughs) Um, But I do totally want to try it because I do, from what I gather, it's so much healthier for you. If you're out there like, oh my gosh, raw milk, are you crazy? Yeah, I'm crazy. Anyway, but like back to the dairy thing. So people are so freaking obsessed with like oat milk and almond milk. It, It don't, come on. It doesn't taste good. You don't really think that tastes good, do you? I, okay, I liked, I used to drink almond milk in my coffee back in the day, okay? And recently, when I like started tracking my food again, I went and bought some almond milk. I'm like, oh, I'll save myself so many calories because I put half and half in my coffee, okay? And I put the almond milk in and I'm like, what the, I used to drink this? This is terrible. This is so gross. And like oat milk, also disgusting. Like I just, you guys, dairy, like I get it. If you're allergic to dairy, I, okay, that makes sense. If you're, if your child that you're breastfeeding is all those things, I get it. I do. I get it. But it's like, could you not slander dairy for the rest of us? I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm, I'm going to drink dairy. Okay. I'm going to drink dairy. Um, next topic of discussion was kind of an update on preschool. So, cause I, I, so, so many people like reached out to me with thoughts on it. And so I kind of wanted to share with you where I landed on the whole topic. So if you missed last week, basically Kevin, he's doing fine at preschool. He's just really, really quiet. And it's like concerning me. And it's probably kind of like me projecting cause I was really shy as a child. And I, I just found it not very helpful to be <laughs> in preschool. Um, like I've, I just still vividly remember so many things about preschool and just like having so much fear more so than like positive memories from that chapter of my life. Um, and I guess like at this age as a preschooler, I firmly believe like life is about life is to be enjoyed, right? Like there's enough, you're told no so many times a day as a three-year-old, like I want you to just have a blast. Like I want, 
the whole thing with preschool is I want him to have a, have a good time. So where did I land? Well, he's having fun. He, he just misses mom right now. That's kind of the thing that he's running into. Totally fine. He's only going a few days a week. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue through the end of the school year. The preschool that we go to is year round. So they have, they continue during summertime. So my plan is to offer him, hey, once this school year's over, do you want to continue going to school? Do you want to go more often? Or do you want to not go and just stay at home with, we're going to hire a nanny that's going to start with working a couple days a week. And then once school is out, she's going to work five days a week, but like just still just part-time. Um, cause she works for another family in the evening. So she would just do like mornings with us and allow me to get work done. So she's going to be with Casey and yeah. So anyway, I'm going to give him that option. That's my plan. Um, but I want to give him the time to like really feel it out and like, see if he makes some friends there and stuff. And I, it's going to be a little bit out of his comfort zone for a while longer. And I totally recognize that, but yeah, I just don't want, I don't see a need to like pull him out or anything like that right now. And I'm also just going to see how I feel about the whole situation because my plan was to homeschool and my plan with homeschooling is there's so for one, I just have so many ideas. Like I just really do feel like I can do an amazing job of homeschooling. And I, and I, that is not to say that like teachers are not incredible I think teachers are incredible, but I think there are limitations when you're dealing with class sizes of like 20 to 30 kids, right? Um, I think in a like small group situation, the way you can learn is so different. And for me personally, I feel like I would have done so much better with it growing up. So I want to at least try it. Maybe I will miserably fail. I'm because I know there's moms out there that are probably like, dude, the patience it takes. Like, I totally get that. I totally get that. And I, I, parenthood has humbled me so far. So I would not be surprised if it humbled me (laughs) in the schooling sense, too. But yeah, so that's, that's where our family is at with all of that. If you are, if you have done any of this, I would love to hear your thoughts on stuff. Okay. So next up. Next up is like the normal sections. So what are we doing this week in hip bodies? Well, last week we did the every minute on the minute workouts and oh my gosh, it kicked my butt in the best way. So we did basically the timer goes off every minute and you do your exercise. So like, let's say you're doing 10 reps of something. The quicker you do your 10 reps, the more time you have to rest the rest of that minute. But if you take like the whole time to do it, then you get like no rest. Do you get what I'm saying? So long story short, I was freaking wiped this week. Like I'm still sore. I still have body parts that are sore. So I loved it. And I'm going to continue the timer this week, but we're going to do more of like a drop set vibe where the timer starts with like the longest time and kind of works its way down. So I feel like I don't want to give it all away right now, but I'll just leave it at that. Long story short, it's going to be amazing. Okay, next up, something I am killing it at lately. I am going to go with feeling really balanced around my food while continuing to see results. So I have not been able to be hyper-focused on tracking. And I, 
it's excuses for sure. It's excuses. But with that being said, I'm continuing to move in the right direction because I'm just continuing with what I've learned has been working for the last several weeks. And yeah, it feels really good. It feels really good. I'm feeling really balanced around it. We leave on vacation here soon. And I have a plan for my vacation to continue seeing progress. And yeah, I just, I don't know. It's nice to not be hyper-focused on it while in that weight loss phase. Because the thing, the unfortunate thing is weight loss takes focus, right? Like it's, it does. And I, I hate that. I hate, hate, hate being in a weight loss phase myself. But I also know that like when people sign up with me, that's the phase they are often in. So I try to remember that like, hey, we're doing this together, man. You're not just listening to me talk about something you're not also maybe facing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so several weeks of tracking kind of got me going and I haven't been as disciplined on the tracking, but I've still been able to continue moving in the right direction. It's not like when I don't track, I'm like going off the rails. Like the other night, like it was last night, actually, life just got a little crazy and it was like 5.30 and we still had nothing going for dinner. And to be honest, I just wasn't very hungry. And I told Cameron like, why don't you go take Kevin out for dinner, have a little dude's date. I'll stay home with Casey. And I just like nursed her, watched TV. Um, I ended up just eating some of the leftovers in the fridge. And it was like, you know, just like some pork tenderloin and mashed potatoes and whatever. And it was nice because I was thinking to myself, like, I think old me would have been like, bring me, bring me some takeout, make sure to grab a dessert, you know? So I, it kept me moving in the right direction And also I got some quality time with my daughter. So yeah, anyway, that's what I've been killing it at. Now meals, I'm loving. I feel like I've mentioned this. So I ended up making this like a two-parter. So this stupid buffalo chicken dip from Oh Snap Macros. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it like a couple weeks ago because it is so good. It is so lean. It's made with like non-fat Greek yogurt, chicken, buffalo sauce. It it is, it's phenomenal. Okay, the macros are amazing. You could make so many fun things to dip it in. I like doing sliced sweet potatoes that I bake in the oven. That's my personal fave. Um, I also love like a good cracker. You can also do like obviously chips or um, veggies or whatever. Overall, it's just like the best buffalo chicken dip ever. And the macros are so good. Like I'm just, I'm obsessed. So oh snap macros and just search buffalo chicken dip. Okay. Now, I felt like I said that before, so I wanted to also mention I did every plate this week. So, you guys, I don't feel the need to get a bunch of every plate referrals from people, okay? So, if you just, like, search every plate, make sure you're getting the deal where it's, like, 70% off for your first thing. Does that make sense? Like, if you look for ads on Google, you're going to see one that's, like, dirt cheap. So like it's, it's like 70 something percent off. Okay. I don't know how to find that exact deal, but like once you start going to their website, eventually you're going to see it and sign up. And if you cancel, I think they'll probably text it to you and say like, Hey, rejoin for this. Okay. Just as a heads up. So anyway, every plate this week, they had a crispy Buffalo chicken dish and you guys, I'm a Buffalo chicken girl, Buffalo chicken, anything. And I'm down. Do I like Buffalo chicken wings? Honestly, that's probably my least favorite way to eat buffalo chicken stuff. I just love the flavor of like buffalo chicken and like blue cheese or ranch or whatever. It is my jam. But like in a chi- like chicken wings are just messy. 
like bone in ones, a, a boneless is less messy. I, I'm more of a fan of those to be honest, but like, I feel like a, that's just like a grown up chicken nugget. Right. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so yeah, this crispy Buffalo chicken dish was so good. It was that again with, with every plate and all of these meal prep delivery services, it's been so nice because the macros are included, which PS when we go on our vacation, I actually ordered our HelloFresh box to be delivered to the hotel. So for several of the nights, I'll have a nice healthy dinner to eat at the hotel room. Isn't that smart? I think it's really smart. And then so we can still eat lunches out and about, and we're probably going to do breakfast at the hotel, but it just gives us a nice balance because I just don't need to come home feeling like a slug. You know, I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling. And in case you were wondering like what my rules are when I go on vacation, I don't have any like hard and fast rules, but I do kind of try to set some like overall guidelines to follow so I don't come home feeling like because I hate that feeling. So I don't drink alcohol anymore, but when I did, I did either alcohol or dessert, but not both. That was my my thing. I typically always pick dessert. I'm just a dessert girl, but if I would I just wouldn't do both cuz I I don't know, I felt like it was like a sugary drink, so that anyway. I also, I don't drink soda, so that like isn't difficult for me to not drink soda. Now, I also tend to follow the rule of like two big meals a day and like a fun snack, not three meals a day. Cause that's where it's like, it's so easy to have thousand calorie meals, you know? So if you have like a thousand calorie breakfast, which like I, I love Eggs Benedict. It's not, it's not challenging to eat a thousand calorie breakfast with Eggs Benedict and like a thousand calorie dinner, like let's say you have bacon cheese. It's just, again, like you're hearing me out, right? This isn't hard. So if you do that three times, you could very easily have like a 3,500, 4,000 calorie day if you have like fun snacks or desserts or whatever, right? So if you just do two big meals a day, that tends to make it more reasonable. And it's not a bad way to live your life either if you can find a way to time those meals. Because for me, I like to eat and get full rather than like graze all day. But some people like to graze all day. So to each their own. Uh, yeah. Okay. That I feel like, again, I just went on a tangent. So anyway, that's how I handle vacation. (laughs) Next section is things I'm obsessed with. So mine is broken. And the reason I'm even mentioning it is because I love it so much. I will use it while it's broken. It's like literally falling apart. I really need to order a new one, an immersion blender. You guys, if you don't have an immersion blender, Oh, what are you doing with your life? They're so nice to have. So what I currently use it for is I like to blend cottage cheese. If you want to know a fun hack to make a quick high protein thing. So I like to do English muffin pizzas for my son for his lunch for preschool and honestly for myself. And so underneath the mozzarella, I, I blend with my immersion blender. I blend cottage cheese. It's creamy, it's cheesy, and it's super high protein and lean, and it's so good. I also use that to make like a sauce for mac and cheese. My son loves mac and cheese. I also love mac and cheese. So I use blended cottage cheese as the base, and what's nice about using the immersion blender is if you do it in the blender blender, you lose so much cottage cheese in like the bottom of the blender, like in between the blades and stuff. But when you just do it with the immersion blender, it's so you just kind of tap it and it's like it's it's all in your bowl, right? Also, if you ever blend soups and stuff, it's so nice because you just put it 
right in the pot and you can blend it right in there. So anyway, I like love my immersion blender. I definitely need to get a new one. I got mine for like $14 from Aldi. So I've gotten my money's worth. It's like several years later, it's falling apart. I've, we've used a hot glue gun to keep it together and it's like, gosh, it's hanging on by a thread. It's probably like a danger to use, but we've been making it happen. So yeah, that's what I'm obsessed with. Okay. It's time for unpopular opinions. <laughs> I, this is one that gets me fired up. I even told Cameron, I was like, I'm excited to record my podcast. Cause I'm going to bring this up. And he was like, okay, Chelsea. And I was like, you know why? Because every time I talk about this topic, people interrupt me with their disagreeing opinions. And right now, if you've chosen to listen to this podcast, you can interrupt me. You can turn me off. You can do all this stuff, but you, you can't interrupt. You just, ha- you, I, I encourage you to listen to my spiel on why I feel this way. And let's see if I can get you to agree with me. Okay. I hate scary movies. And when I say scary, I'm not talking about like your typical horror movie because that's obviously trash and no one should be watching that. But I am talking about how action movies take death and make it not a big deal, okay? Which like, okay, P.S., right now what I'm going to discuss might not be great for like little ears. So, okay, I've said that, so moving on. Okay, I just don't think that death should be entertainment to people. And I, most of us, you know, we're grown adults. We have lost someone we love. It is a big deal. It is horrific. It is horrifying. I don't have a problem with death being a part of movies or TV shows when it's treated the way it should be treated, like the way it, it's a big deal right? Like it's not something you gloss over and it's definitely not humorous. I really don't like like when those, so I was watching this movie with Cameron the other night. It was, um, it's with JLo and someone else. And look, it's presented like as a rom-com. Okay. And it's like the one where they get married in the Philippines and these like pirates come and like, I don't know, invade their wedding or whatever. Anyway, I didn't make it very far before I was like, I honestly, Cameron, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. And he's like annoyed with me, but it just irritates me. And it makes me sad that so many people are watching this and just like, oh yeah, no big deal. It's a movie. It's a movie. That's what everyone says. It's just a movie. Okay. Would you put, would you put that on for your three-year-old or would that terrify them? They haven't been desensitized to it. That's the difference between your brain and their brain, okay? You, want, you wouldn't want to desensitize your three-year-old to that, right? So why do you want to desensitize yourself to it? Do you get what I'm saying? You hear me out here? Like, it's a big deal to a three-year-old when they see something terrifying on a screen. So why, as a grown-up, does it suddenly become okay to watch something that would be absolutely horrific, if you saw it in real life, but now seeing it in a movie, it's humorous. Make light of it. It's no big deal. Don't be scared. Like what? What? 
and we wonder why we have so much freaking violence in this world like that's the problem it's like when parents are addicted to watching this crap and then the you know they want to watch it instead of watching evan coco melon and miss rachel it's like event as soon as their kids like seem kind of sort of old enough to watch this stuff with them guess what they're watching it and like now in in my opinion it's creating more and more violence as we go on it's a very unpopular opinion very rarely do people agree with me on this one everybody's just like it's just a movie it's just a movie okay and then so if we talk about like so i'm just talking about like action movies right or even rom-coms with too much action or even comedies with too much action because it just seems like they cannot make movies anymore without like harming people I'm, i don't even want to say killing people but yeah killing people it's just it's terrible it's terrible if you've ever suffered loss it's like it's a big deal and I can't imagine, like, I've never lost someone to, like, violence like that. I cannot imagine how I would feel. Because, so, fun fact, it's not a fun fact, but, so I lost my brother, like, to, he essentially went into a coma and never woke up, okay? So, for a long time after that happened, I would get, like, irrationally angry with, like, I never got into Grey's Anatomy for that reason, I was like, why do you guys like watching people suffer in a hospital and like all that, right? Like that whole thing. Now I can also understand that there is a whole world of people that work in that industry. And from little I've seen of those shows, they do, they don't make light of it, right? Like it's still a big deal and they treat it as the big deal and like the trauma that associates, you know, all that stuff, right? Like, and I appreciate that. Um, but I still didn't understand how that was entertaining (laughs) to people, but I I do see like, especially if you work in that field, like how that could be like, oh, it's kind of nice to see, like, I don't, you know, just like how parents, like on all the struggles, we like to see things that we relate to. Um, but the, this, yeah, like, I don't, I wouldn't want anyone to relate to like what I saw on that movie the other night, like someone getting married at a beautiful resort and then like just getting like people with big guns. I know I didn't finish the movie, so I don't know like how it turned or how it turned out or anything like that, but just, it made me mad. It made me mad. So I'm curious. You can share your opinion with me. Um, I do warn you, don't bother trying to change my mind. My husband thinks I'm ridiculous. A lot of people think I'm ridiculous, but I, I stand by this one. I do. I stand by this one. Now, on that note, too, there's a lot of people that don't like Disney for a lot of different reasons, but I'm going to share my issue with Disney. I feel like the climax of all of the movies is way too intense, and I don't like that they always, like, kill off, not always, but frequently kill off the parents. Why do they do that? I don't like it. So, that's my issue with Disney movies. Now, with that being said, there are movies that are appropriate for children, like for like cuz we do movie night every every Friday night with my son, and so it really makes you think about the content of the movies when you are showing it to such an innocent mind that is a literal sponge. Like he picks up everything. So, it really makes you go, "Ooh, is this a message I want to send him?" So, yeah, and it's it feels so weird because it's either like what's mainstream or like and no shade on anyone but like the the like religious offerings. There's like the um pure flicks, have you heard of that? 
I looked into it, you know, because I was like, I, I don't like violence, right? So I like looked into it and I was like, honestly, it is nothing to do with the religious tone. It just like wasn't good. It felt like a bunch of Hallmark vibe movies. Like that's like the, the production quality and acting quality we were dealing with. So I don't know. I do wish there was something with like positive messages that was just like well-made and everything. Yeah. I don't know. If anyone knows of anything, let me know. So that is my unpopular opinion of the week. I will let you guys go. I've talked your ear off long enough. Um, at Hip Bodies, remember you can join right now for your first week for $1. I would love, love, love to have you. And we are doing a maximizing fat loss workshop this week. So yeah, have a great day guys. Bye.